What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. I had on the program one of the best 83 kilo lifters in the world, and now a new 93 kilo lifter, muscle man Marcus Sududu. And we had a fantastic lifter to lifter conversation. One of those perfect interviews where it's not really an interview, it's more of a conversation between two lifters. And I know you guys love listening to that. I know I enjoy doing those type of episodes, and that's what this was. Uh, I had to talk about to Marcus about his history as an 83-kilo lifter because for about three to four years now, he was a top-five guy, and it's hard to be top-five for that long. And his decision to go up a weight class, it's a hard decision for a lot of lifters to make. If you were a lifter thinking about changing a weight class, this is a great episode because we talked about lifters who we might see change weight classes, lifters who we think are going to change weight classes. Fantastic conversation with him. Uh, talked about a little bit disappointing performances that forced him to move up weight class. Talk about his ideas, what he's going to do at Raw Nationals, where he'll be making his 93 kilo debut. Uh, we also got into a pretty good conversation about the media, the press, social media, what we see on that kind of stuff, and uh, how to use it to your advantage, how annoying it could be, how good it could be. And really great conversation of handling pressure as well. So it was awesome talking to Marcus about that. Of course, we got into the lifter ratings. Of course, he gave me his lifter rating. And we had a great conversation there. And just a fantastic interview with Marcus. Hopefully, I have him on again sometime. I'm really looking forward to see him compete at 93 kilos at Raw Nationals. But before we get into that, got to talk to you guys about Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leftlarbros.com, go to their Instagram page, and check out their merchandise because they are dropping, and they continue to drop, the best powerlifting merchandise out on the market right now. Everything they release looks beautiful. You look good in the gym if you wear Left Floor Bros. You look good out of the gym if you wear Left Floor Bros. You look good on the platform if you wear Left Floor Bros. That's how good they are. They are a triple threat. Gym, outside gym, and a platform. And... If you guys don't believe me, definitely follow them on Instagram. Check out their merch. You will not be disappointed. And also, if you go to leftlarbros.com and you see all the fantastic merchandise they have, you can use that promo code 2WL15 at checkout. 2WL15, the best powerlifting discount code out there. No one can compete with 2WL15. Use that promo code when you're on leftlarbros.com and you will save yourself some money on all the merchandise you will definitely buy, the comp tees, the regular tees, the baseball tees, every design you want, you use that promo code, you'll save some money. And also, if it doesn't get any better than that, you got Two White Lights merchandise on there as well. That's right, exclusive Two White Lights merchandise only sold on leftlarbros.com. We got three t-shirt designs, a dad hat, some gym banners. We're trying to get Two White Lights to you guys. You can use that same promo code, too, 2WL15. Save 15% off of your 2WL merchandise, 2 White Lights. Support the show. Support Left Floor Bros. Because they support powerlifting. They're sponsoring meets. They're getting involved in things. They constantly help meets happen. Primetime meets happen. The Carolina Primetime is sponsored by Left Floor Bros. The Texas Summer Open is sponsored by Left Floor Bros. as well. They're doing it. Power Surge is even sponsored by Left Floor Bros. Jesus Christ. They keep on helping powerlifting. Help them as well. Also... Go to Rivalist.net and get yourself some informed choice supplements. All you drug-free lifters out there, and there's a lot of them listening to Two White Lights, 
Informed choice supplements are important because that's how you know you don't have banned substances in your supplements. Go to Rivalist.net, use promo code ANGELO15 to save yourself some money on some pre-workout protein, brand chain amino acids, all of it informed choice, all of it discounted if you use promo code ANGELO15. Also, Lift.net Stoic Gear. I only wear Stoic Gear on the platform and in the gym, and the reason why, it's the best. I love the knee sleeves. I love the singlet. I love the wrist wraps. And you guys can get yourself some Stoic gear if you use promo code ANGELO10. Also, it's IPF approved, so if you go to Raw Nationals, you get to wear Stoic gear there. You go to the Arnold, you get to wear Stoic gear there. You could do another meet, you do IPF Worlds, if that's going to fucking happen, use, use promo code ANGELO10 to get yourself some Stoic gear. Also, go to Notorious Lift Instagram page, go to their website as well, and check out Note Slip Drip Slippers. The best deadlift slippers out on the market right now. And the reason why they're the best is, one, they're fantastic. The sole grips into the floor perfectly. There's no slip going on there. You have, like, some side grip, too, if you really decide to root in there. And also, they look amazing. Performance and looks, you don't get any better than that. There's only other persons like me. That's really the only, only way you can get better Notorious Slip, uh, No Slip Drip Slippers. Remember, sign up for the newsletter because they just don't release things. you got to be out in the lookout for a drop. And I'm telling you, they release so many colors, so many designs. You do not want to miss out on a drop. So when they have one, sign up for the newsletter and be first to buy your size and color that you want. I'm telling you, you will not regret it. Notorious Love Slippers, get them. Also, subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating and a review. Apple Podcast stuff is so important. So is Spotify, but so is Apple Podcasts as well. So save us the hassle of really going through and promoting ourselves. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, leave a five-star rating and a review. And without further ado, here it is, Two White Lights. And as promised, I got with me, formerly... One of the best 83 kg lifters in the USAPL, and now currently a rising star in the 93 kg division. I got with me muscle man Marcus Adudu. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How we doing, man? I, I'm good, man. I'm actually excited to talk to you because I've been watching you lift for a while. You used to compete in the same weight class as me, and I think people forget the landscape of the 83s. Because it was in 2019, and COVID fucked the entire world up, <laughs> and there's been a massive gap from 2019 to now within like, competition. Like we, just, like we just went through like this black hole, and shit started happening, and nothing that happened in the black hole is documented, per se. <laughs> and shit is just happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and in the meantime, you changed weight classes, so yeah. I, I like... I, I mentioned you at the beginning of the show, one of the best 83 kg lifters in the world, and your numbers still do hold up. Uh, high 780s, no matter what, that's going to be top 5, top 10 going to any nationals. And from there, you went to 93, so I, I don't know, I think that's a good starting point. Um, just to remind the listeners that in 2019, we were talking about Russ, Sean, you, and Jamar. And now you kind of take that step up and change weight classes. Um, you want to want to elaborate on that a little bit, or? Yeah, man. So like, eighty three was rough because people don't know 
unless unless I tell them or I know them personally, people don't know. I've it got to the point where I had to lose like twenty pounds in a week to make weight for a lot of these meats. I think um, it first started to happen when I did a five bar showdown in Atlanta. Well, mm-hmm. it wasn't. And it wasn't in Atlanta. It was in Norcross, Georgia. And I had to lose 20 pounds because my weight was so high. And I didn't think anything. I didn't think too much of it because I've, I've water cut it so many times. It should be easy. But ironically, the heavier and heavier I got, the harder it got. I still did it. What I went through to at that particular meet, what I went through to lose that weight is freaking insane. Mm-hmm. And it just gets crazier and crazier. Like it happened there. It happened at the Arnold. It happened in Spokane and it happened at, in Chicago. Like I've lost legit lost 20 pounds, but my body was trying to tell me, Hey, we can't do this anymore. But I was like, I was so strong headed and like, so my mind, like my will, I was like, shut up. You can do this shit. Just do it anyway. If your performance tanks, let's wait to see if it tanks after, but right now let's just do this shit. Let's just, let's just do what we can. And so it was hard personally, like, because I want to be an 83, uh, national champion. And I felt like I really had the potential to do so. But when your body fat starts to get like 5%, 7% above the weight class, mm-hmm. it get it becomes a detriment to yourself to cut that much weight repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Um, and even leading, leading up to a couple of those meets, like my training was phenomenal. I was, I was hitting numbers. People were like, Oh shit. Like this dude's who is this dude for, and, and it's crazy because people still don't know. And like you said, the landscape of 83, like I was a part of that, like time span where when we were going to nationals and we were going to like the Arnold, I was a part of that landscape that kind of mm-hmm. helped push this era. Um, obviously before we had like hack and um, all these other uh, 83s, but it was for a while, it was me, Sean, uh, Russ and Jamar. And we were kind of just like, like yeah. obviously Russ stayed there, but we were just kind of like switching positions mm-hmm. and it was just, it was just really heated. And I, I love that competition aspect because I, everyone felt like they were right there. So every time it was time to compete, everybody, you could see like everyone's passion. You could see everybody's heat going into it. Um, now going as a, in as a 93 is tough because now I'm having the opposite problem, which is gaining weight. I'm in that weird middle ground. Like I'm like, I'm like 198, 199 when I wake up in the morning. But you know, the fact that I can still go and train and lift the numbers that I do on a daily basis, I'm not, I can't be too upset. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly don't know what's going to happen because my training is not a reflection of my meet day performance. Because if we did it like that, I'd be some shit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I literally don't know what to expect. I'm excited, but I don't, I don't know what's in store because on meet day, I'm like a completely different number, completely different person. And that super compensation is just like huge, especially like the whole time I was competing as an 83. Like I, I didn't have a crib for a little bit. I didn't have a place to live. I was in between jobs. I was working multiple jobs. It was just a whole lot of shit going on. I didn't have a car. And so like when it's that week, that one week where it's time to compete, 
all the stress kind of like dissipates because you're like, I finally fucking made it. Like I can finally take a break, take a breather and just kind of coast and mentally prepare myself for the meet. So, um, and it's not to say like now, I, like I got a lot of shit going on Like just open a gym, um, online nice. business, in-person coaching and just other ventures. So it's in, it's, it's just tough kind of managing everything. So I know that this is also a part of my training stress. So when I go into these sessions and I'm holding on to this weight, it's like I'm holding on to the weight of life and then I'm holding on to the weight that has to be lifted. I'm holding on to KGs too. And so, yeah, man, I'm a lot of people are kind of just like, like they know I'm 93 now, but it's kind of just like, oh, whatever. Keiko show, back to the Keiko show. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can't really be mad because I haven't solidified myself yet. And I don't expect to do it here here i expect to fight yeah because i don't know what i can do i expect to put up a good fight next year that's when that's when i planned to have my shit together because i i just need time like people don't understand like strength when when it comes to strength training the the longer you can do it then the the safer the 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 safer you can be while doing it that's how you get strong you don't get strong by fucking pushing it you get strong by not getting injured uh nutrition keeping all that shit in check for an extended period of time mm-hmm. so we're gonna we're gonna see bro <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm really curious to see that and something that i always get interested in is lifters moving up a weight class and i do remember 2019 raw nationals that was my first raw nationals so i do remember Word? it pretty vividly yeah that was, that was the first one yeah that was my first one um and i remember watching prime time and just of course, being glued onto the 83. So, you know, it's my weight class. And I was super interested in what you can do that day. Because I saw your like what you alluded to. I saw your training numbers. I saw what the potential was. And I'm like, I, I actually think on the interview I had with uh, Jamar Royster, um, leading up to Raw Nationals. <laughs> Leading up to Raw Nationals, I think I said, I'm like, I don't know. I think Marcus, I, I wasn't sold anyone could really beat Russ. And it turned out I was right, um, including Sean. But I was like, I don't know. I think Marcus could actually take second, too. And I think that, you know, and I think Jamar can move himself into third, in a position of third. And when I was watching the competition, I think I've got a f- firsthand glimpse of a weight cut. Boy, yeah, you because did. I, I've never, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm ignorant to it. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm really, I, especially at that time, like I was ignorant to most things in powerlifting. I had an idea on certain things, but mm. I was doing mostly. But prior to Raw Nationals, I was doing mostly APF meets. Okay, which you know is not a backyard federation, but damn, you're close. Um. <laughs> you and then like one local USAPL meet and then nationals and that's when you see the top guys prepare and that's when you see the top guys do top guy shit and that's where I saw the weight cuts and then I really saw the effect a two hour weigh in has on certain people especially at a high level and when I saw you compete I was like alright just not having a good day I was still obviously incredibly pr- impressed by it because you all totaled me by like 40 kilos. So I was like, man, anyone all totals me at 40 kilos is a fucking beast, right? <laughs> so, but I, I, and then, you know, people around me are like, dude, he's big. 
Like, he's big, big. And I'm like, yeah, I could see that. You you know, he's probably the most aesthetically pleasing guy on the platform right now. I'm like, but how big? I'm like, how big is he? And they're like, dude, he's like, he's got to be like 195, 196 walking around and cutting down to 83. And when you do that, it's really hard to keep up that performance. And, you know, you did mention something in your explanation there of, you know, lifters staying in a weight class because they think either they could win, which... That's the most appropriate reason to stay in a weight class, yeah, in my opinion. It's sure. like when you're in – I think it's easy for a lot of lifters to say you, sh- you should move up even if you're top five, but they're not in a position where they're top five. You right, know what I mean? Yeah. When you have that, when you see it, it's like I'm, I'm top five right now. All I got to do is put it all together on meet day and I could win. I could be right. national champ then, and you know compete at Worlds. Then I can go up a weight class. I think people say that in a easier position and don't understand what it's like to be in the top five and really see that, you know, unfolding for them. And you, you mentioned something in your explanation of, you know, performance eventually tanking. Was that the national? Was it 2019 yeah. nationals that really is like, okay, we, we got we got to try something new? So that shit, honestly, that shit really, like that shit broke me down. Like I was, because that was the year that I planned on like, having all my shit together, going to the meet and executing. And either I was going to come in second or I was going to win. Like, I honestly was going into it with that mindset because my training, like, I my I was so, like, my training was so solid. Like, I was hitting numbers. I was, I was just executing on a regular, like, a daily basis. And you can't beat execution, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it build it does something to your to your confidence. It does something to your mental when you're constantly getting those solid sessions and you're back. You're they're stacking on top of each other and you're and you're backing up your shit talk. You know, just like the first one. The first things to go is your legs. Your legs, fucking, they're gone. And on my third attempt, you you probably saw it. I unracked it. I stepped back and yeah. I damn near almost busted my ass and I put it back. And then. I'm like, fuck, okay, let me try again. Cause they, they started counting down. And so I unracked it and I got into the hole and I was like, yo, I literally, my legs, there's nothing there. Um, and people was looking cause they thought Russ was going to bomb out. And so like, <laughs> yeah, every, 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 bro, the back of the back room, like everyone's, everyone was kind of just, it was almost like we had like, fucking telepathy or some shit we were all connected and we're all like looking at each other without looking at each other like oh shit is this really about to go down like it didn't um (laughs) but it was it it broke my heart because i really wanted it and i felt like third time's the charm type shit like Mm -hmm. i knew like I, i put it together and the fact that it didn't come through that shit that shit hurt um and but making the decision to go up it was like, what? What was I gonna do? Um, just do a whole nother training block, prepare, do the same, and get the same result. And then who be mad at who? I ain't, I can't be mad at my coach. When my coach dropped little hints here and there, like you know, I'm trying to go up, you know, like <laughs> hey. But I was just like, no, I gotta do this. I gotta do this. But it's it's hard, man. Like. I, I tell people when I see people struggling and I tell them like I feel like if I feel like if anybody can speak on moving up a weight class and why you should do it, especially like you said, being a top five lifter, um, twenty eighteen, uh, ranked seventh 
in IPF 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. If anybody can speak on, you should probably move up a weight class. I should be the poster child for that shit. Cause my performance was so bad. It was almost like night and day. I was looking, I was like, who am I on this platform? Yeah. As the meat, as the meat progressed, bench came and I was like, all right, I got bench, but my leverage has changed. Cause I didn't have much cushion for the pushing literally. <laughs> and so like, shit's crazy all i had left was deadlift and low-key deadlift is my bread and butter but i did not i just didn't have enough juice in my body to like like physical like actual liquid (laughs) and sodium i didn't have enough in my body to do what i what needed to be done like my last deadlift attempt uh it kind of halted everything because my boy went to the back and was like all right we're gonna jump to 716 and i think the jump was from it was some stupid, like, fucking 655 or 6-something to 716. All the judges... Yeah, that's a big jump. Yeah, the, yeah I'm looking the, at it right the, now. 297 and 322. That's, uh... Yeah. <laughs> I, made, I made that... I made a uh, another stupid jump at Nationals, too. Yeah. But that was mainly because, like I said earlier, I was ignorant. And just <laughs> thought that was a norm, like... Yeah, I remember Joe Stanek was like, because he didn't coach me at the time. Joe Stanek was like, did you mess up your math? And I it's looked like, at the thing. I'm like, why? He's like, you took a 30-kilo jump from your sec- your first to second. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. That's <laughs> what I that sec- uh, Wait, was there a thing? I'm like, are you supposed to not take that jump? He's like, all right, let's see if it works out for you. <laughs> but see, the thing is, when you deadlift and you're like, like you're a, a proficient deadlifter, you can do shit like that, and yeah. you know your body. Back then, I I should I had no business doing that. But the way my deadlifts were moving, everything was fucking flying, and I knew they were flying. And I was I was lifting from a different place because there was no technique. My back rounded on all those attempts like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. But the weight moved so quick, it was just like I felt like I could pull anything. Um, but yeah, man, that's sh- bruh. If hey, if y'all listen to this. And you're struggling trying to figure out if you should move up a weight class. If you have to ask someone if you should move up a weight class, you should probably move up a weight class. But <laughs> ladies, too, y'all not. Yeah, well, I would say women, their water cut w- process is w- a little bit more intricate. Women now have easier with the weight cut because they added those new yeah. weight classes. Because, I mean, like, like so, so if you're 84 plus... Dude, that is a hard weight class to compete in if you're a certain size of woman because it's like there's huge differences between weight from 84 plus through like the the smallest to the largest. Right. And exactly. then, but the, some of them it's like, well, I have to cut like 12 pounds to get to 84, and that's not good, and that's a hard thing for me to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, like for women, it's like a whole weird thing, and then. Luckily, they added in the new weight classes because it was just right? 76 and 69. Well, when are we going to get ours? <laughs> I'm, I, you know, if we have like a 175, man, I'm, that might be my weight class because <laughs> I'm like 183 pounds. So. so a 75 and a 90 kg or a fucking, like that weird, because 83, 183 to 205, that's such like a. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big gap. Yeah, that's, that could mean anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so people having to make a decision, I don't think that's fair per se because it's just a lot of room to grow with. Because it's like, let's say you're out of 83. It's like, you mean to tell me I got to go 
this heavy and then the weight that's being lifted is significant. Like 93, you go to 93 and everyone can do everything. Like yeah. they're well-rounded. 83 is, is one, is two or the other. Like they're either squatting really well and deadlifting like a motherfucker or, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it's one or the other. Um, but I don't know. It's yeah, I, future, but maybe. I would say an 800 kilo total still holds up a 93. Now, obviously not the best, but you could still, you know, work your way in the top 10 with an 800 kilo. Yeah. So I, I don't know the, 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 the top numbers, there's like no, unless, but then the outliers yeah. are there. Like Keiko is, I don't know where you could actually total 900, which is ridiculous or total 2k at a point, but like, that's where you get, and then if Ashton decides to compete at ninety three, then the outlier gets even bigger. But that's that shit gets fucking enormous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Then, but but uh, I guess I guess the size of the eighty threes, like the typical size of it, it's like so many of them are just like one ninety five, around that range of one ninety one ninety five, where it's like when they change that weight, that I I still think it'll be it'll be. Fair for them to go to two hundred five. Yeah, and that, that makes sense. Guy, a guy like I don't think I'll ever smell two hundred five. You'll be surprised. Ah, man, I've been I've been cruising at sub eighty three for a long time. So really, yeah, I never cut. I never made one water cut. I see the thing. The thing is, like, I feel like um, eighty three is like that that poster child weight class where everybody wants to do it. I feel like the years before. It's like a perfect weight. Yeah. That's what most dudes that's what most dudes are if they lift. They're seventy four to eighty three. Yeah. So you know, like See, that's, that's not a bad transition either from seventy four yeah. to eighty three. No, it's not. It from it's from eighty three to to two oh five where it's like, oh fuck, like not only do I have to gain weight, but I have to get stronger. The 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 totals in seventy four and eighty three, not they're not they're huge. But it's, once you like switch, it's not hard to cover that ground. Yeah. If you're going from 83 to uh, 93, you got a lot of shit to cover. A, a lot of it's height too, you know. Because yeah. if you're if you're my height, five six, and you're just like, man, I'm gonna walk around at being 205 pounds for the rest of my life. It's gonna be hard. <laughs> it's like five six, 205. You don't see a lot of those. Nah. Uh, and then, but like 74, they're they're typically in a proper height. Where they can yep. be 183 pounds and it's not that big of a deal for them, but like me, I'm just like thinking, like man, 200 pounds, five six. Like you're, I you're either have to you. start looking like Russ, which probably isn't going to happen. I'm, I'm probably not going to be a, an aesthetically pleasing 205 pounds because he's like yeah. 190, shredded, <laughs> lean, looking good. I'll you're be like running back at that point. Pretty much, I'm like uh, Maurice Jones Drew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's that's the only guy I can think of. It's just like just a, an absolute like muscle tank of yeah. a guy, but or full or I mean, I actually shit. It might be even a fullback at that point. Two hundred five, five six. Might as well just uh, block, be the lead blocker for sure. <laughs> but you know, at, at Raw Nationals, I think I got a little bit of a glimpse of your competitiveness because again, I say this a lot. I broadcast a lot on the show of like just my ignorance going throughout the sport. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, like, learning things as I go. Uh, at Raw Nationals, you know, I never met you before. I never met you. I saw you uh, with Jamar. Me, and I, you know, decided to strike up a conversation. 
and I did the dumbass thing of congratulating you on your meat. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. I did you know what's crazy? There's been there's been more stories from nationals of people telling me about their interaction with me mm-hmm. than I remember. Yeah, it's it's that's common. It's a blur. You know, like nationals, so many things happen. Yeah. Like like, like someone um, messaged me, it's like, ah, oh, it's like, oh, you bought me a beer at Nationals. I'm like, What? <laughs> I'm like, sounds like something I would do. I'm like, he's like this little it's uh, like he it was a nineteen year old kid. This okay. one, this one dude, and he's like, "Yeah, man, he got me a Bud Light, and it's like he got me a Bud Light, and it was it was cool because you know I'm 19. I'm like, ah, shit. All right, cool. I'm like, you were at the bar. I thought. I'm like, I, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, here you go, kid. And then, kid, you're welcome. Don't incriminate yourself. Yeah, but yeah, it was it was it was yeah because Raw Nationals, you have so many interactions with people. But yeah. I, I I mean I had two white lights, so I always try to you know, cover the sport, and I remember congratulating you on your meet, and now it wasn't to be, a, and you didn't really take it as, you know, an insult, you know, you gave me an honest response, and me, my perspective, it's like, the total 762, and placed fourth at Raw Nationals, like, I would love to yeah. do that, like, that would be, that would be a goal of mine, is to be top five, and at 83, and total 762 one day. Like I didn't even I didn't factor in the performance at all. I was just going on my perspective, and he looked at me, and you're like, "Really?" It's like I you're like, "Dude, that that meat fucking sucked." I'm yeah, like, that sucked. It I'm did. like, yeah, I'm like, I mean, shit, you told seven sixty two, and I tried to like rehab, like I have zero social awareness. I'm like, oh yeah, he probably didn't want to go fourth in eighty threes. He probably want to do a little bit better. I was just going on my perspective. Yeah, yeah. Of like, I was twelve. Like, I want, I want fucking. <laughs> Like, of course I would trade four for 12. Like, that would be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so I was going based off that, but then, I, I, you know, you were talking to me. I'm like, okay, this is this is what separates the men from the boys, is you're upset for totaling 762, and at that time in 2019, that was still a big number to total. Yeah. And it, it has a realization to me that, Raw Nationals and being trying to be at the top, that isn't going to cut it. No. Missing lifts, still placing well, totaling more than a lot of people isn't going to cut it. Like, you, you, you want to be the best. And I think I got an inclination at that moment talking to you that you were probably going to move up a weight class. Because it's just like, like what you said. At that point, what do you do? Do you kill yourself to make weight to, to get fourth? Do not kill yourself, guys. Do not kill yourself to make weight. Unless yeah. unless you're about to win a big meet, there's money on the line, There's it's a national event, you should not be trying to cut. Like, you, you just shouldn't. If you're a beginner, even an intermediate, unless there's some money on the line, and state records, not to say they, don't, they mean a lot, but they're not worth you killing yourself over. No. Not, I would say, yeah, for state records, I think I've gone on my rants on the show before. Don't do it for a state record, guys. Please, nah, for don't. the love of God, no one remembers mm-hmm. a state record ever. And, it, and, and, and don't get me wrong. like there's, there's some people who do, and like locally, I get it. But if you're working towards trying to be the strongest person you can be and build your best total, which is what we all should be doing to some degree, unless you're like at the top, like your top 10, whatever the case may be, you should not be trying to kill yourself mm-hmm. 
getting ready for a local meet. It just doesn't make any sense. It's not doing justice to you because long term, you don't want to be me. Like, let's use me as the example. We don't you don't want to do what I did. Um, someone who did the, the smart thing, Charlie, Charlie went up when mm-hmm. I should have went up. Charlie went up. He had a whole year to train and grow into the weight class and just and just train with his new body. Um, granted, I believe Charlie was Charlie was 205 before he was 83 because I, I think I remember 2017. I I remember seeing him. Uh, he was doing laps at nationals because it was in prime time. It was mm-hmm. me, him, Sean, Russ, um, Ryan, Baylark, uh, Dex Jones. We were, uh, I, I, it was so many people like fucking cutting. Like I've heard there were people. Yeah. Those are all uh, big dudes. Yeah. And I think and, a thing and, about it, Ryan's a big dude. Ryan's a big dude. He's a 93 Dex, now. Yeah. Dex is a big dude. I hope he comes back because low key, like he just had, like, he just, he was just like a different kind of person. I, I don't know if it's cause he went to the military and he was like really on that shit. Like he was in the front lines type shit. Um, but that's because I met I met Dex Jones and when I met Dex Jones I met uh, Joe Sullivan and um, that's how we were able to cultivate cultivate like a friendship or whatever. But Dex Jones is like a fucking competitor and I just remember messaging him because I my bench was ass is still kind of ass. Let me let me not say it's ass. My bench is making improvements and I'm working towards it every day. That's mm-hmm. better. Um, and it, just all of us in there, a lot of those guys were heavier. Charlie was running around um, trying to sweat off his last bit. Um, I've heard stories about somebody running butt ass naked in their neighborhood or their Airbnb just to try to like sweat weight off. It was, yeah, it was, it was some crazy shit. Why don't you put, I would put on more clothes, right? I don't know. I think, I think that was just an excuse to run around naked. At a point, it's just, I think you just, you want to do something. Every, everyone may wait. Uh, but yeah, Charlie. Charlie did it the right way. I was so gung ho on trying to be number one and competing. And I'm a competitor. I'm a competitor at anything. Like I will, I will curse you out over some scrabble. Like mm-hmm. we will scrabble to the death type shit. But he did it right. And I advise if you listening to this and if you're struggling and you're not sure what to do, if you're asking these questions, you already know the answer. Stop postponing it because if you wait longer, it's going to get harder and harder to detach yourself from everything that you had in that weight class. When in all actuality, you you you're only the only thing you're doing is making shit worse. Yeah. Do you think there? Do you think there's guys currently like that you would that you see they're in a position right now of like, hey, I think they should move up a weight class, but um, they 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 just they won't for many of the same reasons you would. And I think everyone. No one times it perfectly, I don't think. I actually would say the only guy that I've seen mm-hmm. is David Wilson. Because he yeah, was a national yeah. champion. He was a and national champion. Mikey and just moved Mikey. right up. Mikey D. Mikey D was 93? Mikey 3 was, I think Mikey 3 was 93. Oh. I think, yeah, because they all, they all competed against each other. Okay, I didn't know that. He's a, yeah, yeah, check, he's, check, check, check. Yeah, I'll, wanna, I'll check that right now, but... Yeah, yeah uh... Because he, I don't know, you, you you could be right on that because, let's see. Also, shout out to Mikey and David. Yeah, Mikey's he was 93. Shit. Yeah. He was 93. He was equipped, though. 
So every raw all raw meat he's done is one oh five. Oh, okay, okay. So it was actually a while. He was he was young too, damn. He was twenty. So it was two thousand sixteen was the last time he was ninety three. Yeah, Mikey been creeping, boy. That man yeah. that man done creeped up. Oh, he's a full yeah, yeah he's a full fledged just juggernaut at one oh five. It's funny because uh, it's not funny, but he hurt himself, and I still think he's gonna do fucking amazing. Like, cause you know he had the uh, yeah the groins, uh, yeah the adductor, yeah the adductor, and I'm so excited to see him uh, just compete, just because like just seeing it up close and personal. Like when the 93s were going, I was like sitting in the front, and I'm just watching, and I'm like, cause I'm I'm done, yeah. and so I'm like, it's different when you get to watch it. So I'm like, I'm a spectator now. And I'm like fucking screaming. I'm like, go, David. Go, Mikey. Just fucking go. Right fucking now, bro. They can't hear me, obviously. But it's just dope to like experience it in a from a the other side, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um I can't I can't think the only per somebody I could think of is uh Michael. Cause I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where his weight is, but I know there was talk for a minute of him going up. Yeah, uh, I think he's toyed with it. I think I've heard Marcellus and him talk about it. Makes mm-hmm. sense, uh, considering where the 74s are at and where he's at. Like, that makes sense, but that'll be a guy who I think will do it at a perfect time. Yeah. it's not, But here's the it, it's He hasn't tanked or regressed. No. Nah. Like, that's a crazy thing. Like, it's, it's just, I think, the landscape of 74s. Where Atwood and Perk are doing their thing at a lower weight, lower body weight. Yeah. And if those two guys don't have those competitions and Michael does a 777 in comp, which is ridiculous for a 74, mm-hmm. like you're, I, you're top I, 10 in 83, you're like 6th or 7th, 83 if you do that. So I need him to do that shit. I need it because at obviously you saw what happened at nat, uh, last Nationals. Mm-hmm. And people gave him so much shit without any context. Like, people are just talking shit, and I'm like, dog, first of all, the man went up and lifted the bar. Yeah. Most of y'all motherfuckers would have been in the back crying and just like, woe is me type shit. It's like, no, he finished the meet. He did He did what he had to do, and he's just getting ready for the next one. So I, I hope, like, he gets the performance he deserves because yeah. that shit is nuts, bro. Yeah, I would love to see him total 874. I just think how the how the how the landscape is came to seventy that's that would force him to move up and really at that point it's like okay it's actually he's in a really good position because it's not like he let himself down at all right right, right. it's because again I keep on saying that totaling seven seventeen hundred at seventy four is ridiculous it's ridiculous you're third be, you're you know third best in the world right now. And if we're having a different conversation, you're a legend with that total. Because it's ridiculous. But, you know, you get to move up a weight class in his case. Then he gets to work off of a 777 total in a higher weight class. And, you know, I mean, if he has the same progression as me, he would be top two. Really? If you, like, think of, like, that's, I mean, that was, I totaled 777 at the Arnold. Totaled 800 at my last meet. And I think Mike, uh, Michael has a better trajectory than I do. So if he totals yeah. over 800, then boom, you're all of a sudden top two, top three, and you don't know what the future holds. So, yeah, yeah I, would, I would say that's one of them. I know he has unfinished business at 74. 
other other than that, I can't really I can't really think of anyone else. Like that's like on some contender type shit. Yeah. I think the one that comes up a bit is Kamar. See, here's here's the thing, like, and I I think I've known I've known Jamar since like maybe it's been like three years mm-hmm. because we I remember we were battling for the uh, we were battling for the squat state record and this was this was I was about to say this was back when I could squat <laughs> but um, I don't know he just never has a pro- he doesn't have a problem cutting he just never does. Yeah, I'm actually curious to see what he does under Marcellus. I think that's a big thing for me because I did see a little bit of a dip in his gym total to his meat total, which happens to everyone who cuts. Let's mm-hmm. face it, happens to you know almost every single person. It's just when your gym total is that high, your meat total is going to be very high too. I see a little dip in his performance, but he has new coaching now. And it seems like his gym total is getting to such a ridiculous point that even if he has that dip, it's gonna it's still, it's still gonna, gonna be, be fucking crazy. Yeah, it's still gonna be crazy. Yeah, it's like. still gonna be crazy. So now, because a lot, I think the most I've heard from people, these are the three: Pug, one. He still who is Pug seventy four? No, no offense to him, but like, like what? Who is he? No, I know who he is, but it's like all I hear is like witty social media banter. I don't hear the competition side of shit, like the, the part that matters. Unfortunately, it hasn't happened in a while. Uh, but at 2019 Raw Nationals, he finished third at 74. Yeah. Um, his total, he, he's an IPF Worlds competitor. Big. And he was, I mean, he's marketed how big he is. He's a big 74. Misweighted his last meet. Whatever. Get into the whole issues there um you know what sauna not working whatever but he's big yeah like he needs a sauna working for him to make weight you know what i mean like he can't manipulate other things he needs all the variables he can get to make weight i think that was number one i think people are like that guy's got to move up to 83 at a point because he's just so damn big and he's not he's not like a short guy either he's like a five eight five nine for 74 he's big mm-hmm. i looked at when i when i met him in person I'm like much i knew he was big much bigger than i thought yeah. So hmm. he's one guy that I think a lot of people say should probably move up a weight class. I would say Jamar probably too, as far as people saying that he should move up a weight class. But I think I was on that. I think I was on that train until he started getting coaching from Marcellus. And yeah. now I'm like, you gotta, see, we gotta see what Marcellus can do with him at 83. And then the third guy would be Michael. But the thing I, the thing I appreciate about uh, Marcellus is when. Something I noticed when he takes on a new athlete and he coaches them, it's like he rewires their whole, like, train. He rewires their training. He rewires how they view training, and just makes like a better athlete. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, he um, looks so much more polished in the gym. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I just now that I think about it, I was like, man, that's gonna be a big weight cut. But even with a big weight cut. You know, if you if he if he squats seven sixteen in comp, it's gonna be on. Some I mean, he's not, I mean, it's not it's not seven sixty what he did in the gym, which is amazing. But if he does seven sixteen, it's like the uh, Russ might hit that, and then no See, one else like, is coming close. No one else, no other eighty three is coming close to a seven hundred pound squat in nationals. So you're Jam- you're already there. Jamar is so refined as a person. Like 
he's like he's the type of person to if something's great he's like no i just gotta make it even better than that Mm -hmm. and it's like how do you fucking do that and then he does it and it, it shows with um his training you know his business his uh his life and just like our friendship and shit like that is i'm i'm excited to see because one i get to watch it now because mm-hmm. now i'm on the other side of a national event watching what i used to be um but then again i'm 93 now so that's gonna be a fucking thing <laughs> i don't even know i honestly don't know but so i'm go, excited so, to see jamar so going in so going into so let's let's move let's move out of the 83s let's talk about the 93 so going yeah. into raw nationals uh, what's the plan? You know, it's it's going to be a unique situation for you because it's I I I think it's going to be a meet that you're feeling out the weight class. Yeah, because like I don't I don't have a ceiling yet because mm-hmm. I don't I haven't gotten close to it. Eighty three. I not to say I had a ceiling, but I was I was lifting weights that were like fucking heavy all the time, and I was that was like normal. But now it's like I'm adjusting to my new life. I'm adjusting to my new weight. And I don't I literally don't know what I can do because um, every like dead ass this whole prep. Shit has been like PRs. It's been like it's been like tiny little volume PRs. And as you know, them shits add up mm-hmm. when it, when the closer you get to meet day as it's time to like start tapering off the volume and everything. And so even now, like I still like the, the volume is still pretty high and I haven't done anything crazy or anything like that, but um, I'm just trusting my coach to kind of just lead me to the promised land. I would like to just get a total that's obviously bigger than my 83 total. Um, no cap. If, if nationals was in October, the goal was to total 2k. Um, and just to speak on a little bit more about that, like, I'm I'm bulking. Yeah. <laughs> like every every day is a fucking fight. Like training starts when it's breakfast. <laughs> Not it starts way before I get to the gym. And yeah, like 2k, like that's that's a big ass number. But the the people don't understand how important it is to like plan every yeah. month of a training cycle leading up to an event. And people don't understand how much strength you can make if things are done right, like, like your deadlift, for example, that shit is fucking nuts. But I know your coach has shit kind of like, he understands what he, what needs to happen in this part of the year for your training. It's like, um, it's like Olympic sprinters. Yes. They're getting ready for, uh, constant meets throughout their four year time span. Cause everybody's getting ready for the Olympics, but they're like, all right, if, if in the spring, uh, no, if in the uh, fall and winter during our indoor season, if we're running a uh, if our 60 is this time, then we can kind of understand that once outdoor hits, we should be around a 10 2 or or 9 9 9 in the earlier part of the season, which will set us up for, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so that's that's tra- basically how the training was going to do- be devised. And low key, I was like so close to not doing nationals because I just did not feel comfortable competing so soon because like who did let's say let's say i go i we go right and i just fucking bomb out or i bust or i just get like left because i'm just not ready yet and that's fine like i don't i don't feel bad for not being strong enough yet because like i said this shit takes time but that's 
that's that almost stopped me from doing it because I'm like I'm not trying to go and look like an idiot. I'm also not I'm not like a not I'm I'm ranked like I'm up there like I'm a top athlete. I'm not trying to go and make myself look stupid. Yeah, type shit. You know what I mean? And I feel like anybody could respect that, especially if you're if you're at the top of something and then you kind of have to start all over. You're not trying to like they they kind of painted this picture like oh Marcus is gonna be in ninety three now let's see what the fuck happens and then I go and I compete and then I'm ass and then it's just like what like well this is the thing it's almost setting yourself up there or like when this happens in powerlifting mm-hmm. or I mean even when you're I mean power you have no choice but to be in entwined with social media yeah you know, like, sad, s- sadly yeah which it's like it sucks but at the same time. It, it has its it has its perks, you yeah. know. It's like at least people know the lifter now, or at least people know like it's it, 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 there's, there's something there where it's like an evolution of sport where it's becoming popular. But I think what happens like oh he's gonna go up a weight class, all right, boom, he's gonna murder it. Right, he's yeah. gonna he's gonna murder it. He's gonna total well over eight hundred, and that's gonna be that. Marcus is gonna be a huge contender in ninety three for the next Raw Nationals, and it's like if you total seven ninety. They're gonna be in my. And then, yeah, they'll be like, my... if you if you go seven ninety, you're like, oh my god, he's only he's ranked eighth. Like, okay, it's like <laughs> it's like it's like when the people build it so much because they just assume that the gain and that would be a gain that would be a big total gain from yeah. your best like seven seventy seven to seven ninety. That's a big total gain, especially if you're like putting together a nine for nine meet where it's nice and safe. Then you get to build off that you know seven ninety. And go somewhere, or even total eight hundred. Even like you, you, know, you total eight hundred. People are like, "Well, I thought I was going to get more out of him. He moved up an entire weight class." Yeah, and I think that's like the the double edged sword with social media, and especially because they know what happens when people move up weight classes. They know what elite level lifter you are. But I think even with that, with, with like competing in June, you have time to fill out that weight class so well. That by October rolls around, or by the end of 2021, we could be having that conversation. Yeah, it's like yeah, you just gotta, you true. just gotta like almost say super low key about it, so you know yeah. people aren't like disregarding you. Which I don't think you're a guy who cares if people disregard your accomplishments. I think you'll continue to work. Uh, I'm not on some like, like I don't need to hear it, but it, it, it's nice to know like people appreciate it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, cause it's it's hard as you as you know as you creep closer and closer. Like this shit is hard to make progress and do your, the whole social media thing and and still like be a an athlete who's focused on being like the best athlete, not yeah. the best. Like you're not trying to like social media is a byproduct of you trying to be the best athlete you can. Mm. And then what social media makes it like. Yes, you're a great athlete, but are you a great social media? Yeah, and it's like I I can be, but I got so so many other things that I'm doing, and just for my own personal mental, like I can't be on social media all the time. But it's 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 hard, and like I said, as as you know, and you're trying to do it, the 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 every year it gets a little bit harder to yeah. put twenty pounds on the total. And you're torn between let me focus on this twenty pounds and let me post more, yeah. or let me let me get the viewers engaged by doing this, that, and the third. And it's it's 
It's like a juggling act. Luckily for you, your your fucking deadlift is nuts. So like, if you're strong as shit, you don't have to do much social media. You kind of just post. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you if you get on, here's what I'm getting at though. Like when you get on social media, and this has happened to me, and it's it's actually kind of cool. I actually kind of like it at this point. Mm-hmm. Where say someone just deadlifts a lot of weight, and then I'll have fucking people I don't know on my DMs like, "Oh, are you scared?" <laughs> like that kind of shit, and I'm like, people "Do that." What's up? People do that. Oh yeah. Oh, I will get mentioned. They say King of Lifts, put something in comments, which sometimes I know the person, sometimes I don't, and like Angelo's shaking right now, and it's like one of those things where I see it obviously because I'm mentioned. I'm on my phone. I'm not. I'm not LeBron James. I see all the shit. Like yeah, yeah. you know, I I see. I, I don't have like cool shit going on in my life where I just don't see all this stuff. So I see it. And I'm like, do I comment on something? Because really, if they if they knew, I would be like, yo, I don't give a fuck about my deadlift record because there's two guys who I'll total the shit out of me right now. Like, I don't care about my deadlift record if I'm third currently and I know that my total is the only thing I care about. Like, someone, right. some dude can break it. As long as I out-total that guy, I really don't matter. care. Yeah. But I, am I going to start saying that? Am I going to cut a promo on this guy and then I'm going to start a whole thing and then kind of like take away from that dude's deadlift because some, yeah. you know, jabroni that I don't even know said that I'm scared and shaking. Like, so someone did it with Russ. Russ pulled, I'm going to put quotes on that because he missed grip. He pulled 744 and people were like, oh, Angelo's scared. I'm like, Russ out totals me by 33 kilos. I'm not scared. He already oh, my beats lift. my ass. <laughs> like, yeah. If he takes my deadlift away from me, I'll be like, "Well, that's just another thing he's better than me at." I'm, I'm, I'm used. I'm used to Russ being better than me. I'm like, I'm not scared about any of this stuff. But you see, but the, uh, the point is that you just see that stuff on social media. Like you see it. So like you go and total something stupid like eight hundred five, eight ten, and you finish sixth at Raw Nationals. You know, you could get that clamor of saying Marcus isn't the elite level lifter at 93 than he was at 83. And it just, yeah. and I just don't know if you really even give a shit about it. Like, it that's the thing. Like, so, that's because, like, the opinions, when people say that the opinion of theirs doesn't really matter to me. So the, the thing with that is, like, for me, for some reason, every time I've gotten ready for, like, a big event, there was a narrative created and it was created to downplay me. And I'm like, bro, it's Tuesday. The sun's shining. I just woke up. Why are y'all talking shit? What side <laughs> of the bed did y'all wake up on? Like, um, for a while, for, uh, so for the Arnold and nationals, um, Rob Ali, I don't know if you know who yeah. that is. So, uh, people, King of Lift started and I, and I, I checked them on this. He started some shit. And I even said something about this at the Arnold. I was like, yo, y'all always talking shit about me. And like, I understand your job is to start narratives, but shut the fuck up. That shit is annoying. And it, it, it got us into a quarrel. And Rob came up to me after the Arnold meet and was like, yo, I apologize. This, you know, I didn't do any of this. I'm, I'm just, I'm just here to compete and lift. And they created this whole story because he had squatted 700 at 83. I, I don't think. I think Russ did it, and then not too long after, 
he did it. And so people are like, oh, he squatted, he squatted 700 in the gym. And it's like, there are one, there are two other lifts. And two, how, how, how is you promoting him? Why do you have to downplay me to promote him? Yeah. Yeah. And I, see, I was like, yeah, yeah, I see that happen a lot. Um, I was, every time there's like a lifter, like, they'll probably do it again as we get closer, but getting close to nationals, they'd be like, all right, this person's going to place this, this person will place that dog. Did you know that I think it's 2018 nationals? Did you know I was supposed to get seventh? (laughs) I did not know that. Did you know I was supposed to, I got fucking second in juniors and third in open. And I strained my adductor on my second squat Mm -hmm. and I was supposed to get seventh. What the fuck? What lift? What, what isn't what? it? Isn't it kind of cool though? At a point where, like, we're athletes and people, we we have press now. Yeah. Like, there's a press, and of course, I mean, te- I mean, technically, this is press. Do I license yeah. press? Like, I'm part of the media. I'm a part of everything that I almost hate. And say sports. that. Say that shit. Say it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like this is the media. This is the media, and we. I mean, we even did our Mark Madness brackets, like make those predictions. Yeah. And I think it's just natural for athletes to hate press. You know what I mean? Hate media. Like, because you could love it, but there's always going to be some dumbass thing said about you. That you're just like, yo, can you get it right? Or, like, you really or you really think I'm going to finish seventh? Yeah. Like, really? Like, that's what you think? And it's actually, like, kind of needed. At a point, because that's what sports have. They have sport. Yeah. You have Skip Bayless downplaying everything LeBron James does because he's part of press and people hate him for it. But people tune in still because it makes it. You know, it adds to it. So I think there's always a use to those things. But I totally. I mean, but it's it's a natural thing to just not like it. You know, because I I'm like a person like oh I don't care I don't care what people think. Mm-hmm. Then King Alif said something like of Ina Inhario Isain. Um, breaking the all-time deadlift record. And he said it, he was like, you know, he's like, you took Yang Su's record. I'm like, yo, I just had, you had me on the show. That was my record that he took. That wasn't Yang Su's. Like, he's still, like, the way I had to, I'm like, you acknowledged it on the show that it was Yang Su's record. But that, like, that I broke Yang Su's record. Now this guy comes around, he broke Yang Su's records again. And I'm like, you say you don't care about these things, but someone gets something wrong about you and kind of downplays your accomplishments. Yeah, of course. It's natural to get upset. Yeah. That's, that shit just happened too often for my liking. Yeah. When I when I say too often, I mean every time it was time for me to grab the barbell. Yeah. <laughs> every time it, every time I did a meet, it was like, oh, Marcus is not. I'm like, bro, there are I'm, there's other people here. Talk about them. Like, I'm not the only person doing this meet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I agree with with what you say, with what you said, it's just like sometimes, not sometimes, in my case, it was all the time. Like, there was always a narrative. And I'm like, bro, can I just lift? Like, yeah. can you at least wait till the meet's over to talk shit? Let me, let me go five, let me go uh, five, for, uh, five for nine and still out total whoever. And then we could talk. Because <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't gone nine for nine since I started to keep it a stack, which it's important, but when you're when you're at nationals and it's you're trying to fucking win, it kind of goes out the window, honestly. Um, yeah, like you want to be smart and you want to you want to build your total, you want to make smart decisions, but 
like there's been times where I got red lighted for squat on my first and I went up anyway because like I'm a fucking competitor. Yeah. And I've done this shit so many times. It's like, oh, go deeper. Okay, let's do that. But yeah. no, um, yeah. maybe I'm, it's a different maybe animal. I'm taking, maybe I'm taking a wrong approach with media. Maybe I need to be on some Jordan, Scotty Pippen type shit. Yeah, yeah. And just be like, take it all in, get mad about it, it. Like that's the thing. I mean, it it is cool. It is interesting because I mean, like even with the media, with all the professional athletes, they say they don't care, but they do. Like they always keep it in. It either motivates them. Or it can really fuck people up. And I think people get lost in that social media, too. Like, yeah. one guy we mentioned earlier, Pug, he got, I think, a little bit lost in social media. He got lost. So? Oh, yeah. He got lost with the, uh, I mean, he, he, did, he did a phenomenal job of it. Like, he, he totally, he's actually one of the best I know in social media. But I think he was guilty of drinking the Kool-Aid. Mm. Where King of Lifts, they love hyping shit up. King of Lifts really hyped up the set and his character too, of like the villain and that stuff. And they constantly reposted. They would constantly post, you know, can he beat Taylor? Can he beat Taylor? Can he do this? Look at his lifts. And I think he bought into it so much that it burned him out just a little bit. It, no, that's real. That's real shit, right there. Yeah, and it's it burned him out just a little bit. And I think occasionally it happens with a lot of lifters. Actually, there's a lot, and I don't think. I, I still think Pug is a great lifter who hasn't fizzled out, but I've seen lifters fizzle out. I have seen it, and it was because they were getting they, they bought into you know they bought into bullshit. And so social I'm media so is bullshit. You, I'm so glad you said that because I feel like that's hella important, especially for like younger lifters coming up, mm-hmm. that they don't get lost in the likes and the the sponsorships and the follows and because it's bro, it's probably some dude. In fucking Nevada right now, yeah. lifting a fucking shit ton knows absolutely nothing, and he he doesn't even have a clue what any of this is. And it's just like that's the life. That's the life we were all living before this shit happened. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it'll it'll literally suck the joy and the sanity out of you if if you let that shit run you. Yeah. Exactly, and I and I think it I think it has happened in powerlifting where I think it's let, it, like the media has let it motivate people and people have gotten you know great careers you know I mean still in Pug's case he has used that social media to a career and he's making he he's doing great things for the sport right now because of that and yeah. he used it to his advantage but I think as a competitor it was a more of a it was more of a con than a pro for mm. him but I see it with a lot of lifters and you know he's. He's good enough for people to still be talking about him, and he's still going at it in training. There's other right. people who had that momentum, and now they're not even good enough for us to be talking about him because they just haven't done shit. It's just they got lost in it, and then when training hits a roadblock where, you know, Kingless isn't posting your shit, people aren't acknowledging you as much because, you know, you have a knee injury, your hip's fucked up, your SI joint's fucked up, you, you know, your, your performance isn't as great in the gym. People are like, yeah, I don't know if I even like this sport anymore. It's like, I, did you I, like the sport, or did you like the recognition you were getting from the sport? To be honest, to keep it a to keep it a whole band, that was me for a little bit because when I was when I was like rising eighty three, there was so much like you you know because you kind of you kind of getting that heat now. There's like mm-hmm. so much glory and and honor and like oh love. yeah, it's cool as shit. 
projecting you in the right direction and it feels so good and it's like damn i don't want this feeling to last uh excuse me it's like an orgasm Mm -hmm. you it happens you experience it for that time frame and then it's over unless you can do it again yeah and a lot of lifters will kind of get like down on themselves. I got down on myself for a little bit because I'm like, yo, I don't have this. I don't have this rise to glory anymore. I don't have this flame behind me anymore. Like, it, should I be still powerlifting? Like, should, do I still want to do this? And then I had to look at myself. And I'm like, dog, you would have been doing this shit if there wasn't powerlifting. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? Shut the hell up. Go train and do it again the next day. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I say after, that's my big thing that I tell myself, like, after, because I think, uh, yeah, if you take just my mentality with when I started powerlifting and when I joined the USAPL, it's it's, it's completely different, mm-hmm. um, where it's like, okay, we got to hit this number. We got to hit this number today. Um, that's your goal. You know what it can mean for you. If you hit, say, say my last meet, actually, um, where I totaled 800. Goal was total 800, and I knew what that could do for me. Because if I total 800, that means I'm definitely in the top five range, and I could build off that total and possibly place third or top three at Raw Nats. Right. So, you know, a lot of pressure on me because I had to go nine for nine to do that. I had to execute all my lifts. And the thing that calmed me down was, like, even if you don't do it, you're going to be in the gym on Monday. That's real You will be in the gym on Monday. You that's just get what the fuck to we do, do the thing that you love to do more than anything on Monday. You could bomb out of this meet, and you're going to be safety bar squatting RPE 5 <laughs> on Monday because you know it's the start of the block, and you got to start out easy. But you will be yeah. doing that, and you're going to be doing that more for 13 weeks until your next competition. That always brings me peace because it's like that's that's the best moments of prep. I still have the thoughts of I, I keep man. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. I'm uh, getting goosebumps. I'm, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about this, man. <laughs> I'm getting goosebumps thinking about me prepping for the Arnold first time with Joe Stanek. Um, we're going for the you know the all time deadlift record, going for a total that'll get me top ten. You know, I because I, I always consider myself an outlier jabroni, like in the top ten through fifteen range. Like looking at all you guys, I'm like, man, I want to be prime time. I want to be those guys. And, you know, thinking about that and, you know, going after work, training until 11 o'clock at night, making a long walk outside of certain new levels in the cold, you know, with my bag and fucking killing myself in a workout, but being so goddamn happy. So leaving the gym, leaving the gym because I just did something that was fun, that was great, had a good, you you know, yeah, exactly. It was the, it was I just killed a workout. I went to Denny's, got some food, posted on Instagram, talked to Joe, you know, and then went home, went to bed. And then I would be at work, and I always, in the back of my mind, I get to make that long walk up the driveway at Surge with my gym bag and knowing I'm going to get in, the, get in that day and train. I'm excited to train yeah, tomorrow. Man, I mean, it's, like, it's like that was, that was what I remember about the Arnold. It wasn't when I deadlifted. It, it wasn't was when I hit the deadlift. It. it wasn't when I hit 9 for 9. It wasn't when I, mm. you know, that was everything being released. The thing I remember most about that prep was all the yeah, time what? to the gym where I was getting through those obstacles. That was the best part, and it's always going to be the best part. It's always, it's those memories of you just being in the gym and grinding. It's Y'all never really this? after the meet. 
Y'all hear this, guys? Listen, listen. This is this is like some this is like low key OG elite level talk right here. <laughs> the best the best moments from your powerlifting career is not it's the, it's not gonna be the meets. It's getting ready for them shits. Yeah. It's getting ready. It's you waking up. Your fucking elbow hurts a little bit, but you know you got you got like a fucking RPE eight or some shit like that. You man, you like man, fuck all that. I'm finna just go and do this shit regardless. Like that shit. Like I'm I'm glad that you mentioned that because it it brings so much. Like if you're ever fucked up and you're like down about your training or how you think about this shit, like think about the fact that you just get to go and do it. Yeah, like you get, you get to go and do it. You get to take that coat, bro. I used to get on two buses. I used to get on two buses to go train. That shit mm-hmm. would take two hours. My hips be fucking wrecked. But guess what the fuck I did? I did that shit anyway. I did it with a smile. I got the, I, luckily sometimes I would have a bus ride home, but I got to do it. Some people yeah. don't get to do it, or some people don't have don't get a chance to kind of make it a priority in their life because again, we're humans. We got work. We got bills to pay. We got to do shit. But uh, some people take this shit for granted and it's like yeah you might not do well at a me or yeah you might have did this but it's like dog you get to train day in and day out like yeah. that shit is a blessing alone dude it's it's i i tell people when they you know when they say it's hard work you know when they say how hard hard work it is i'm like this has never been hard work because i love doing it so much like i can't like of course i'm working hard it's not work but it's not it's like i yeah. it's like I get to do the thing I love doing every day and I get to look forward to that every single day. Like on, you know, on off days, it's good to be off, but you know, when Monday rolls around and I'm fully energized and I get, you know, nine hours of sleep the day before cause it's Sunday ah. and you know, I, I get that. And then I'm like, man, you know what? I feel good on Monday. Like, you know what? People are dead on Mondays. I feel good on Monday and I know that my workout is going to be great after after I'm done working because that's what Mondays are. Mondays are good. I'm going to be a little bit fatigued Tuesday, but Tuesday is a deadlift day. And that's my shit. That's my bread and that's butter. It's my deadlift. Yeah. It's like, so I'm going to get jacked up to go to the gym. Wednesday is a little bit of a lull, but I get to work on that squat. And it's a bit easier. But also, I get to, you know, try to try to make my squat as pretty as possible. Tonight, after I'm done recording this, I'm going to go do some tempo bench. So not the most riveting of workouts. But you get to but do I it. Get, but I'm going to surge at night to hit my tempo bench to be the only one at the gym. I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have an empty gym tonight. It's gonna be eight thirty ish. I'm gonna have an empty gym. I'm gonna go in there. I'm gonna play the music I like. You know what? I might throw on some shit that I don't even get to play when I'm at surge because you know because I have to, I I do I do have my mix I do have my mix. I do have my my music taste is a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, I throw on my bachata. I throw on my classic rock. I throw on <laughs> some shit. But tonight, shit, I'm even listening to Al Green. I mean, because you know I can't play that when a bunch of people are there. But I'm listening to Al Green. I'm listening to Dusty Springfield. I'm gonna listen to Stevie Wonder because no one's gonna be there to judge me, and it's gonna be a great workout. I'm gonna. I might. I might be listening to Fergie. I might be listening to fucking uh, uh, Ellie Golding. I love that lady. Yeah. Because so, it's like that's that's a thing I get to look forward to tonight. That's real. If if anybody takes anything from this podcast, this is this is like number one. If you don't enjoy this shit, and if you don't, if you ever lose sight, like you got to remember, like this is this is what you truly enjoy, and you would feel empty if someone took this away from you. Not competing, mm-hmm. 
just training, just getting, just preparing the actual preparing itself, not the meat, the, the act of, like you said, those long walks, like you have that one thing that you remember every time it's time to train, like for a minute, I was driving 40 minutes to go train when COVID started because I had to yeah. go to South Carolina. And at first it was a long ass drive and I'd be like, fuck, I hate this shit. And I was like, you know what? I put on like all my jams and I'm fucking just like head nodding. I'm like my windows down. I'm like shouting lyrics. I'm just lit all the way for 40 minutes. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to lie to COVID when they started opening back gyms mm-hmm. and I, I signed up so that you had time slots. You signed up for certain times. Yeah. I signed up for eight o'clock at night. Eight to ten because I knew more than ten people weren't going to be in there. It had to be ten max in the gym, so I'm like, "There's going to be around five people here at eight yeah. o'clock," and I know they're going to be done at ten. If I'm the only one there, that means I can work out past that two hour time limit. Mm. So I did that, dude. I know COVID was hard for a lot of people. I loved that shit. I loved going to the gym at eight o'clock. Knowing I'm gonna be the only one there, seeing the gym that I, you know, wasn't able to train in for about a month and a half, two months, yeah. seeing it again, and just knowing that I had the gym to myself, I could train, I could do whatever it is I love doing, and I'm gonna be there, you know, on SPD days, shit, I might be there at 11 30, 12 o'clock at night. I have to close everything, I gotta set the alarm, I gotta do all that shit. I I miss that feeling so bad. I miss, like, knowing that I'm going to have that empty jig. The people were signed up for 10 o'clock. No one came after 10 o'clock. <laughs> no, I was. I, I can attest to that. For three weeks where I was there at 10 o'clock, not a single person was there with me after 10 o'clock. And I knew that. I knew that for a fact because I get to stay and I, you know, talk to the gym owner. I'm like, you know, if no one's here, can I stay? Like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, if, you know, you're socially distanced, you know, it's not a health hazard. It's like just clean up everything, close, set the alarm like you have to do. Dude, I missed that. Like, I missed that because it was just, it was like, it was, it it was, there was no competition in mind. There was nothing in mind. It was just me being able to get into the gym and train. Have an uninterrupted training session. It was just a whole vibe. Like, if, I, I, I it, like, it's hard to put in words, but I know exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know what? This is a great conversation, man. I'm glad we talked about a little bit of mindset talk. Oh yeah, for sure. That shit. That shit is goes farther than any program you can put together. Because if you um, shout out to Dawson, because we used to talk about shit like this. But when you you can give somebody the perfect program, but if they don't believe in in what you're giving them, if they don't believe in you, and if they don't believe in themselves, which is more most important, if they don't, if you don't believe in you. There is nothing anyone can do to make you reach the heights that you're trying to get to. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. It yeah. starts. It starts with yourself, man. Yeah, I agree, dude. Yep. All right. Well, I'm gonna have to derail this conversation and do your lifter rating. Ah. Uh, all right. Let's do it. <laughs> Fuck it. All right. Let's do it. So, lifter rating scale from one to ninety nine: squat, bench, and deadlift. Then we go to overall at the end. You played Madden 2K before, right? Or any of that yeah. stuff. So, kind of have an idea on. What we're trying to accomplish with these lifter ratings. So, let's start with squat. On a scale of 1 to 99, what would Muscle Man Marcus rate himself? I'd say like a 70 or 72. You are being outrageously hard on yourself. Really? <laughs> oh, hold on. Are we doing 83s? 
I was just Dane in general. I don't I don't think my squad is that good. Your squad let's see. I almost I, I just pulled up Mikey Davis. I was almost about to be like, dude, I didn't know your squat was this good. Oh, I, <laughs> I, was, I was on Mikey D's page. I'm like, dude, you saw a 330? What the hell? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Nah, man. My, my my squat is not that good. Like I've squatted I've squatted six eighty five in training uh last year. Two ninety? So your your best squat, I have you at two ninety, which is a good squat. Definitely not a seventy two. Definitely not a seventy two. Probably an eighty three, eighty four. Okay. And I'm I'll being take- and I'm being a little liberal. I'm being a little harsh with an eighty three, eighty four. Cause let's say let's say eighty. Eighty. Okay. 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 Because you said you said I you said I was too low. You say 84 is too much. I think like 80. No, no, I'm saying liberal. I'm saying you could make go maybe a little higher. I think 84 is fair. What is a good squat? Let's 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 290 let's and 83. That's your best squat. Mm-hmm. Is a that's a that's a very good squat. There's not oh there's not a ton of people doing it. I mean, you're probably going to be in the top 25. If you're a top 25 in anything, you're yeah. good. You're good at what you do. Like if you're playing Madden, you have like a 72 overall. It's like you're talking about the third string quarterback. You know what I mean, uh, okay. like okay. 80, 84 is like you, you could start on every single team with like an 83, 84 rating. And with a 290 squat, yeah, you're 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 starting on pretty much every single team. OK, in, let's, in power okay let's, let's, let's go 80, 81, 81. OK, I know you're hard on yourself. I'll give it to you. 81. I'll let yeah. you compromise that. But you right, might that, have to give me these. You might have to give me these lifter ratings because I'm going to tell you some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to bench. All right, yeah, bench. What do you got yourself there? So it's hard because I'm trying to compare myself to the field versus what I think I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I've hit 441, and it was like it's probably like 6.57. Yeah, I posted it, but didn't nobody give a damn, which is cool. I still did it. 441 was fairly easy. <laughs> Um. Damn, I don't know. I feel like I'm gonna say the wrong number. You're gonna be like, "Bro, what the fuck are you saying right now?" What? Okay, let's say eighty-five. Eighty-five. Eighty. Eighty-five. I'll eighty-two. I, I would go my- with the one eighty bench because I'm still doing all for eighty-threes. Like, because okay, we okay. can't we can't go ninety-threes. Like, you haven't had okay, a okay. competition yet. And people who, when this gets posted on two white lights. Hope you listen to the goddamn episode when I said there's gonna be 83 because I'm gonna have some people be like, well, I don't know, a 93. He doesn't really have like, shut the fuck up. I'm talking about 83. That's the only thing that we got. That's the only thing we got right now. Okay. We're going off. Of. 90, 90, I would say I would say seven. I would say about it. That's why I think your squat should be higher. Eight. You you bench 180 in comp. Yeah, you bench 180 in comp. I'll give that an 82. All right, I'm so gonna have to check squat- numbers maybe. Squat squat should be like a, a eighty five. Yeah, eighty four, like, eighty five. Bench can be like three ninety six. That's like a. I did that at the Arnold. Yeah. That's, that's like an like, eighty. That's like an eighty one. Okay, eighty one. Yeah. Deadlift. Yeah. I I would give myself like upper nineties, like ninety. 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 Eighty. I would, I was, I was like, okay, please give yourself the best rating on deadlift, because that's that, yeah, that's your shit right there. I would what, go, what? yeah, three ten. I would go like an eighty eight. Okay. I would go like an eighty eight, only because now the deadlift numbers are spammed. 
we we are now like at a weird point with 83s because it's like it used to be 700 deadlift now it's like you have to do 722 on some chill shit like you got to be able to just yeah. like bring that out yeah yeah because i mean actually the only one i mean i guess i could because i never really did a true lifter rating of myself mm-hmm. um yeah, I never did a true lifter rating myself, but I think someone asked, like, you would have to be a 99 on deadlift. I'm like, I would probably rate myself a 97 or 98 only because there's one other person better than me. Yeah. That person's the 99. Like, I'm the 97, 98. Like, I'm the closest to it. So I would say, yeah. After it, after Nats, we go out to do that shit again. Yeah, of course. So that's why, Well, I mean, that's why uh, we've been seeing so many competi- uh, competitors kill it is because they're trying to improve their lifter rating they know what's <laughs> happening chad yeah. penson chad penson uh who just won the kern that shit is fucking nuts yeah I just, exactly i, I mean he did his lifter rating now it's up now it's up he did his own lifter rating on here it was at like a 94 now it's got to be a 97 or something and i think i think it was because you know i mean the money could have been the main thing but mm-hmm. i would say the lifter rating was close second motivation on why he did that <laughs> Bro, his that man went the fuck off. Like that shit is fucking. Yeah, nuts. I'm actually like, trying to check, and now I'm checking. Yeah, I put him at 93. Yeah, like right now, he definitely improved his deadlift, and his squat mm-hmm. might be 99 right now. So yeah, he uh, he's he would probably be at 95, 96. So what, what's my overall now? All right, let's check it. So we said I gave you 84, 81, 88. Divide that by three. 84 overall. That's 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 good. It's I'll good. take that. It's good. I I always when people come on the show, I'm like I rate myself like an 85, mm-hmm. and that's myself doing it. Like, and that's pretty appropriate based on like the weight class. But and I yeah. think that's pretty because you were top five. I'm top five. 84, 85 would make sense. But all right. Lifter rating, and of course, you're going to try to do your best to uh, to improve that. For sure. And you got to come on the show again sometime so we can talk about it. Man, I'm I'm. This is making me excited to do nationals because I low key I was not I was I wasn't excited. You know that, that there's a phase in your training as you get closer to the meet where everything just fucking sucks. Like yeah, you mentally you're like mentally fatigued. And so, like, you're trying to focus and shit. You just got brain fog. But, like, I'm getting to that point where it's, like, I'm starting to forget how to do shit. Um, I'm tired. Uh, I don't want to do it anymore. And then, like, you see the promise, like, the taper and the peak starts happening. And you're like, oh, shit, it's time to turn up. And then the flip switch. But right now, I'm in, like, I'm in, like, I'm in the the dumpster fire right now. No, I feel you, man. I, I feel you. There's moments of that happening. Like, when you're just like, oh, I think it's when you get unsure of yourself. Or at least for me. It's like when I get unsure of myself, like, overanalyzing things. Like, looking at, like, man, was that, how'd that squat look? Was it the depth? You know, that, be- like, the bench has caused me a lot of problems right now. It's can like, move, what are we going to do? it faster? Or yeah, I, did I do this this day? Or what, you know what I'm saying? Shit like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's stuff like that. But, you know. Again, that peaceful thought of just, like, knowing that you're going to train and there's going to be another meet after Nationals, too. Like, there's is there going to be an Arnold? What's up? Is there going to be an Arnold? This yeah, year? Arnold is confirmed. It's happening. Ooh. Yeah, that was confirmed by the USAPL. So When is it? 
I think they're they're aiming for it's it's going to be 2022, but it's it's going to be the regular set March. March, okay, okay. So it's going to be yeah nationals and then that lull uh, for a longer time than what we're used to because it's we don't have October nationals. We have uh, they should put something there. Somebody hey man, should. we got these primetime meets happening. We got all these primetime meets. They got to start making like more of them in the fall. So yeah. we have lifters uh, regionally who want to compete in and make him a spectacle. I mean, Carolina Primetime, shout out there. You're going to be there. You have some athletes competing. I just got announced as being on the commentary. We've got to get more of those meets going. Yeah, that's. It. I think it will be great for the sport. And just like there's, there needs to be just more incentive, period. Yeah. Like give, give a motherfucker a reason to fly three states over to yeah. go and lift. Well, you know, you know, I mean, if you listen to uh, the last episode with uh, the USAPL presidents, if they leave the IPF, all that money allocated for the IPF goes to the USAPL. I might have to do this. Yeah, I'm about to wild out for a second. Hold my beard. <laughs> mm. so, I ain't got, I ain't got, I ain't got a beard like yours yet, but we, I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. There, there's a possibility there. Is is like if they could if they could actually put more money into the Arnold if they do that, um, they could put. If they more put mo- more money into the Arnold, motherfuckers would legit be like really trying hard to go. You know, before yeah. like people people want to go to the Arnold because of the experience. Yeah, yeah, and and I think they actually they, they nail it with the the presentation of the Arnold for the USAPL. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it it was one of those things where it was which I talked to people about it because when I did the Arnold, I was super stoked. And people are like, you know, it's it's a crazy experience. It's actually, in a lot of ways, maybe a little bit more crazy than Nationals because of all the shit that's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, all of it at once. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, really, it's kind of a thing, USAPL, if you've done the Arnold, like, don't constantly do the Arnold. Like, take a break and let someone else kind of get in, like, who hasn't done the Arnold. Who says that? I don't know, a few people, I think uh, Matt Cronin told me that, like, where he was, like, um, hesitant to sign because he knew it was first come, first serve. So he's like, you know, maybe get some of the younger guys who've never done the Arnold. I won't sign up this year. We can get the younger guys who are good, who never get to, and they're, like, at the the mercy of the the internet, really. It's like, well, if, see, I, don't, if I don't sign up last time, then I'm fucked. That with that, like, that's why they have the different meets. That's why there's a seven. It's still, but it's still, but it's still so limited. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah, because right. so the the so the grand. I mean, really. So if you get invited to Grand Prix, you got to do the Grand Prix. Like you, you have to do that. I low key wouldn't want to. It's too fast. Really? Bro. I don't know. I think I think I think anything titled Grand Prix, I'm doing it. If it's Bro, titled Grand first, Prix, I'm just in. You do your first squat. In like three minutes, it's going to be time for the second one. Yeah, I mean, Midwest Prime Time was like that. It was a twelve-person meet. Yeah. So like, it wasn't too bad. I don't actually, I don't mind that as much. I actually like smaller meets. The mm-hmm. the key meet for me is one is two flights. Okay. So, flight A, flight B, then restart it. Like that's actually my ideal meet. But a one-flight meet is not bad. I don't, I don't mind it at all. But. Um, I think if you do the Grand Prix, you got to do that. Like you get, you're getting invited. Like you got to do the invite meet. But the yeah, pro American, the right. pro American has 25 lifters, so that's like that's the one I missed on registration. Like that's I didn't sign one. up on time. And yeah. then the pro, the uh, the raw pro, or whatever it's called, the A7 one, 
dad had like 45 or like 75 lifters or something, like 75. And I almost yeah. missed that too. It was three minutes. And then they had the Battle of the Regions, and that was reserved for people who did regional meets. So I couldn't even do that regardless because I didn't do a regional meet. Damn. So, like, that's what uh, that's what a few guys were telling me. It's like, we know that it's first come, first serve, and you're at the mercy of Wi-Fi. So if I did the Arnold, like, six times, or, like, three uh, like three times in a row, like, let's, let's let, let, let someone yeah. else new, like, kind of get the opportunity. I'll go to the Arnold and have a good time. But, yeah, I mean, really, when I think about, like, this year's Arnold, or the Arnold that I competed at, I know Russ and Sean competed at the Arnold a few times. They didn't compete at that one. You know, like, Amanda Lawrence didn't compete at that one. Daniela Mello didn't compete at that one. They were all prepping for Sheffield, but still, like, the biggest names that were competing at the Arnold were Ashton Rouska, Kamar Royster. That's about it. As far as men's go, like the big, big names. You talking about last this this the, last the, Arnold? The, the last Arnold we had. Yeah, that was. I didn't even honestly. It, it's almost That's like I'm a missing blur. someone completely. But yeah, it was it was Ash who was the. I mean, he he was the star. Like he broke a bunch of records. Um, won the Grand Prix. Mike, oh Michael C. Michael C. Competed. He that was okay. that was heavily anticipated because he was going for eight hundred kilos. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that's about yeah. I mean, that's about it as far as big name uh, competitors go. So I mean, it's like it's like you don't have Russ, you don't have Kaiko, you don't have all these guys who won their weight classes doing it because I think they know that like yeah, it's not really necessary for yeah. us to compete, especially if they've done it before. No, that makes sense. And also going to Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> not a massive incentive for a lot of lifters. It's like, oh my god, Ohio. Oh, I just love it when I go. <laughs> ah, shit, man. Alright, well, we've been talking to close to 90 minutes now, man. Thank Damn. you for coming on Two White Lights. It's been a long time coming. For sure, bro. This was this was dope. Um, this is probably like the third podcast I've ever done. Nice. If That's... you got a podcast, invite me on, people. It's yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I enjoy them. You have... I only... I've only been invited on two. I'm not counting my own. So you got you got me beat on that. You got me beat on uh, podcast. Did uh, King of List and uh, Nerds Who Lift. So yeah, but, for sure, man. All right, man. Well, good luck with everything. Good luck with training. Can't wait to see what you do at Raw Nationals in the 93 kg division. Um, and for the listeners out there, we are going to have Brittany Saplicki on for our next episode. So get excited for that. Thank you again, Marcus, for coming on. For sure, for sure. Peace. Peace.